Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah chapter 5. Who can remember about four months ago, I asked the question, it was just when we were all shut down, locked in, locked out, locked in, locked up, and there's another one too, (laughs) crazy. But I asked the question, or asked you to look at Hosea chapter 5, because I knew we'd be there one day in our series of studies. We've been looking for some weeks, save last week was Father's Day, but we've been looking at Israel's commencement as a nation. It was gradual and it was grinding. It was very slow. God, God getting a people out of the world to be his own in a particular country so that they might spread the good news of God and his glorious message all over the world. That was his purpose. To call Ab- he called Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And the start was pretty slow. Remember, Abraham had Isaac, who was the promised seed. One, the stars of the heaven, one son. Anyway, then there was Isaac and then and, and one, one. The promise was through one. Who was it? Jacob. And then Jacob had, that's when it started getting big, 12. 12. <clears throat> and uh, that's like families in Australia. If you go back into history, if they only had one, it's happened slow. But if they had 12, and that's what happened to Jokels at Wedderburn, they had 12 sons. And that's why they went <laughs> everywhere from Perth to here. You're hard to find one, but if you do and they pronounce our name right, I say, who do you know? <laughs> what Jacob do you know? And then I say, I don't know them. But that's what happened with Jacob. It spread quickly. And they grew. But where did they grow? You see, this, we're all recovered decades the time Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jacob ended up down in Egypt. And how long were they in Egypt? I see it's a grindingly slow pace of growing. <laughs> You'd think, oh, God's in this. He, and he was, but that's the way he wanted it. 400 years plus in Egypt. And then they come out of Egypt and we're in the wilderness with them, remember? We're in the wilderness, travelling for 40 years. And we're going to go back there. We haven't finished that. We're just in the middle of this. And so their commencement, and they're in the wilderness. Once they got into the land, what happened to them? How did they govern themselves in Israel? Can you remember? They had something over them. Well, God raised up these people, a Gideon, judges, judges for several hundred years, judges were raised up. And then they got to the point, no, we want to be like the nations around us. Let's have a king. Uh, And God said, no. And anyway, God let them have a king. And the first one, uh, a bit of a failure. Good started well, Saul, head and shoulders above everyone else. He was in statue and he, he was always going like this. He was... He was uh, humbled. He had a humble beginning, but he ended up being a proud man and, and died, fell on his own sword. But then you had the kings, and they went for many years. But early in the kingdom, after about three kings, was it Saul, David, Solomon? Solomon's sons split the kingdom. You got a split nation, a bit like ours, isn't it? Where are you all from, New South Wales? I think no Victorians here. <laughs> but anyway, it's um, they had a split nation. <clears throat> ten northern kings, I mean ten northern tribes and two southern tribes. And as you look at the book of Hosea, 
you look at, say, chapter 5, Ephraim's mentioned there about 10 times. You say, that's only one tribe. Why is he just talking about one tribe? You see, Ephraim in the Old Testament is a reference to the 10 northern tribes. So keep that in mind when you read the Bible. Ephraim, one tribe, but it's representative, it's a large tribe of the northern tribes. And then you had the two southern tribes, Judah and Benjamin. Very unspiritual lot, the ten tribes that went north. You can even see it today if you go over there in the remnants, the remains of, um, of, the, of the villages and the worship they had in those places. But the southern tribes, particularly Judah and Benjamin, stayed more spiritual. In fact, at a time, and Hosea is, this is where we are in Hosea. So it was a grindingly slow development. And when it did get going, there was so many things they did wrong. We go back over 2,000 years of church history. Isn't it very similar? Grindingly slow. It started quick, burst out of Jerusalem. In fact, they would have been a lot slower, but the Lord sent persecution to Jerusalem and scattered them. And they, about the persecution of Stephen, and they went everywhere preaching the gospel. If that hadn't happened, they may all still be at Jerusalem. I mean, not quite, but... It would have been a lot slower. And God wants us to disseminate. The church is about the business. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Israel was told to do it. They failed. And so we come to this book, Hosea. Commencement, gradual, and grinding. The consummation of Israel is going to be glorious. And it's not happened yet. Jews are not done with yet. <laughs> they're, they're there in their land. And we are very privileged to live in a day when they have recaptured, taken the land. Some of you were alive at that time in 1948. Some of us weren't. I can still cl- include myself in that group. <laughs> but <clears throat> we're looking at the word until today. We're looking at five of them, and I'd say we're only going to cover one today. I was looking at it, and I had about that much on it, and I thought, no, there's so much in the Bible about this first one, about this one in Hosea. You notice it there in verse 15 of chapter 5, I will go and return to my place till or until, till they acknowledge their offence. And this is what we're going to look at. We're going to divide that, this portion of Scripture up into little phrases and look at each phrase and ask yourself the question. And we'll be asking you, what does that mean? Who is it talking about? Because unless you get who's talking, who's talking about, what time it's talking about, you just don't get the picture. Uh, <clears throat> Let's pray before we get into the dividing these three verses and looking at them. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the wonderful word of God. It doesn't make a mistake. It's true from beginning to end. And I pray, Lord, that we would be students of the word because we will be asked by you, did you love my word? Did you read the word? Did you study the word to make yourself an, a workman that needs not to be ashamed? Oh, Lord, I pray that we would love it, study it, be excited about it, be compassionate about it, be wanting to share your word as we've been commissioned to as a church, as churches. 
with other people who don't know. I pray, Lord, that you would open the eyes and the ears and the hearts of people who do receive the tracts that are sent out. And, Lord, they will become your children, and they in turn would share it with others, their families and their friends. Lord, bless the going out of your word, and might many be brought into the church, saved and secured for eternity through the ministry of your word this day. May we appreciate it and look at it. Lord, be with those that are not well in our midst. Strengthen them. Guard and guide them. And may they be well again and amongst us to share in fellowship and the word. Pray for those that, Lord, uh, uh, down with cancer. We pray for Brother Surrett, uh, Brother Benji, Susai, for others that we know, Lord, are not well. We pray for Brother Dunn, even that the operation would be brought forward and there would be a, sp- a, sp- a space there for him to go. Lord, thank you for each one of these people that have had testimony in the past and pray for their testimony in the future, that it would be one of I trusted in the Lord. Bless us now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> so, five untils. Verse three will specifically have to do with Israel. The next one will have to do with the world. And the third one will more have to do with the church. And I've found these over a period of time, but I must confess that <coughs> I, I first came across this when I was a teenager. And it was through my Uncle Wallace. <coughs> uh, it's over on that pulpit there. And he had a stick. He had a pointer and he had a big chart as wide as this and about that big before they had overheads and all that. And he would walk around. He wouldn't stay in the pulpit. He'd walk all up and down and preach. Oh, I can't do that, can I? <laughs> Sorry, Ethan, am I back? Yep, there we go. Okay, and I remember him coming up to me. He'd been preaching, and I was in my little head, teenager, calculating, always like maths, and um, working out what he was talking about as far as numbers are concerned and things like that. And, and he'd come up and tap me. Sonny, what did I just say? <laughs> and I said the wrong thing. Oh, he got all over me. Anyway, in public in a church service but I didn't lose respect for him for what he preached was the truth and um, <clears throat> it was about this <laughs> that, I, that he, he, he tapped me on the shoulder I remember where I was sitting in the public hall at Essendon where he had his church for 40 years uh, uncle I say he was a generation before that grandfather's brother my grandfather I found out my grandfather called him smarty bridges <laughs> And he was, as he was coming up the farm where my grandpa was, my grandpa looked out and said, oh, here comes Marty Bridges. <laughs> it's just because he was a student in the Word. And my grandfather was a farmer, a lay preacher. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on from how I got onto the Untils. <laughs> and it was way back then. And I've been excited about it ever since. Looking for the consummation and the glorious coming of the Lord Jesus, the consummation of all things. But here is the until of Israel, the until of dispersion. And let's just read it through, and we'll start with verse 14 of chapter 5. I will be unto Ephraim like a lion, and like a young lion in the house of Judah. So you've got Ephraim and Judah, 12 tribes. 10 in Ephraim, 2 in Judah. I, even I, will tear and go away and will take away, and none shall rescue him. 
I will go and return to my place until they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction they will seek me early. Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn and he will heal us. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. After two days he will revive us, and the third day he will raise us up, rise, raise us up and we shall live in his sight. <clears throat> this is almost smack bang in the middle of the book of Hosea. It's a bit toward the front of the book. But if you've ever read right through Hosea, you feel very sad for Hosea. Because the Lord told him to marry the lady he did. And he told, her, he told him also that she would go off and commit adultery on him. And that he was to remain faithful to her no matter what. And you read the story through and you think, why would God do that? Why would God do that to a man? Knowing what was going to happen. You see, the Lord knows everything's going to happen in the future and he knew this. Right in the middle we have a wonderful hope given by God in this portion of scripture to Israel. Because Hosea and his wife were a picture of Israel and God. That's why God had him do it. And he married her and she went off and she had children to other men, but he kept on getting her back. And he eventually had to physically restrain her to stay. And at one time he had to go and buy her off the market where she was selling herself as a whore. What would you do, men, if you were told by God to do something like that? That's a, high, that's a hard call. Huh. But that's what he was told to do. And it's a picture and it, it, it puts emotion as humans into the, the framework of the story because God called a people, Israel, to himself and they kept on committing adultery. They kept on a whoring and as it in Jeremiah says, neighing, neighing like a horse after their neighbor's wife in the next paddock. That's literally how God has put it. And this is Hosea. But here, God has given them a promise. Even though they do this, he's not done with them. And even though they've done it, and it's been thousands of years since this was happening. Uh, well, it, it still is, in the sense they want to be spiritual, the orthodox people, but many don't even bother. Like I was talking to a man, we went over, we were in Israel, went to their house, He's from Europe, and uh, we're having a wonderful meal with him and his wife and his mother-in-law. And um, <clears throat> I got in a question. I thought it was okay. You know, we've been talking long enough and trying to interpret each other's language. I said, do you, do you eat pork? Love it. <laughs> Love it. See, he was from Europe. He was a Jew, but he was from Europe, so he, he didn't mind. And he... he he was completely doing what he shouldn't have been doing as a Jew, if they followed the Old Testament, of course. And that's all, that's all gone now. <clears throat> we can have pork if you wish. But the until here is seen as we read on. He's going to tear them. He's going to bind them up. After two days he will revive us. The third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. This was predicted that Israel would go a whoring, go into adultery, go into a spiritual apostasy from their God that called them. And way back in Deuteronomy, before the nation was formed, or as it was forming, God said, if you do this, this is going to happen. And he, he was predicting that it was going to happen, but he warned them prior. And Exodus, 
I mean, Deuteronomy 28 and verse 63, it reads, It shall come to pass that as the Lord rejoiced over you to do good and to multiply you, so the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you. Did you hear that? To multiply you and to destroy you. And it happened over and over again in Judges and the Kings. And to bring you to naught. And ye shall be plucked off from the land from which thou goest to possess. Because they hadn't gone yet. And the Lord shall scatter thee among the people from one end of the earth even to the other. Has that that happened? Is is it still so? Yep, still so. And there thou shalt serve other gods. Yes, that's what they've done. Majority of them. Which neither your fathers have known, even wood and stone. You know, we know the Jewish people to be people that make money. And that's gold and silver and stuff. And they just seem to put their hand to it and make it. They they can do it and they get into trouble. The nations say, you're robbing us. <laughs> well, they worship it. And among these nations shalt thou find no ease, neither shalt thou the sole of thy foot have rest. <clears throat> but the Lord shall give thee there a trembling heart and failing eyes and sorrow of mind. It's not finished yet. It's still going to happen. <clears throat> the threat's still there. And thy life shall hang in doubt. It's like the saying, hanging in the balances. <clears throat> Before thee, and thou shalt fear day and night, and thou shalt have no assurance of thy life. You don't know if you're going to be alive tomorrow. In the mo- yeah. in the morning thou shalt say, "Would to God it were evening," <clears throat> and in the evening thou shalt say, "Would to God it was morning." For the fear of thine heart, wherewith thou shalt fear, and for the sight of thine eyes, which thou shalt see. That's like wishing your life away, isn't it? It's morning or one night. It's night or one morning. Yeah. The threat of things happening to them. And you can read many portions. And so we have this here predicted if they disobeyed. If they obeyed, blessing. And you read the kings and and the judges and that's exactly what happened. But here we read in Hosea, they were scattered. Finally, God said, enough is enough. Hosea's right in the middle of it. Hosea was ministering when the ten northern tribes were scattered all north. Usually they went north, some went south, or dragged south. They didn't go. They were taken captive. Many, many murdered by the Assyrians. And the Assyrians and Nineveh up there on the Euphrates River, the nations in those areas are still very antagonistic toward the Jewish people. But that's where... Ephraim, or the ten northern tribes, were scattered, and this is happening while Hosea is ministering. Um, <clears throat> the other two tribes went about 130 years later into captivity, Judah and Benjamin, through the Babylonians. The Syrians had gone, and the Babylonians were in power, and at, and at all times they'd been chased around by the Egyptians as well, the southern kingdom below them. The until of dispersion. Let's dissect these verses. See if you can answer. I'll ask a quick question. Who and what this is talking about. First of all we see the person. If you're following an outline. The person. I will. Who is talking here? Well. Go back to verse 6. Of chapter 5. Then shall they go with their flocks. 
and with her herds and seek the Lord, but they shall not find him. He hath withdrawn himself from them. I will. You probably need to read on a bit to say me, "Mm, who is it talking about? It's important to get each one of these things right. Who was mentioned in verse 6? Verse 14 that we've already read there. I, I, I will. Who's doing this? The Lord. Thank you. Be brave. (laughs) The Lord. I will. Okay. We've got the person. And then the place. The place that this one, the Lord, will go and return to. In Hosea chapter 5 verse 15. I will return to my place. Where does God live? (laughs) In heaven. That's his place. The third heaven actually. Three heavens. He's in the third heaven. The dwelling place of the Lord. Listen to what it says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 through to 11. Just... um, just verse 11 the Lord was taken up from among the disciples 10 days before Pentecost 40 days after he'd been raised from the dead and they were on the Mount of Olives and he he was taken up and it seems like it wasn't a a flash you couldn't see it because they looked at him going into the clouds and they the, an angel turned up and said, or angels, and said, Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which was taken up from among you, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go. You see, where did he go? <laughs> he went back to heaven. They were gazing up into heaven. That's where, And they couldn't see the third heaven. We can just see the first heaven, atmospheric, and the stellar heaven. That's as far as we go. They haven't got that any sort of telescope to go to the third heaven where God is they'll be surprised one day he'll turn up (laughs) but he's now seated at the right hand so we have the person the Lord return to my place heaven now the people I will go return to my place till they who's they is I heard it Israel Till they, Judah, Benjamin, and Ephraim. <clears throat> and they are all de- determined in the chapter who they are. The people, the Jewish nation, to whom Hosea was speaking, till they acknowledge their offence. And so the purpose of the Lord going back to his place in heaven and returning till they, the Jews, acknowledge what? Acknowledge their offence. In Hosea's day, what was their offence? Well, committing spiritual adultery, committing spiritual whoredom, all the wicked things that they had, as a nation had done in going away from God and not keeping his word. <clears throat> but can you think of an offence that the Jews committed far above that even? That's bad. And they were scattered in the nations of the world for doing it. But there is an offence that they committed. And they've suffered for it. They've suffered severely for it, the Jewish nation. What was it? Take a guess. That's exactly the verse I wrote down. (laughs) 
from all the verses, you chose the one. They said, when Pilate was trying to loose him and free him, I find no fault in this man. They said, his blood be on us and our children. Hmm. They rejected their Messiah. He came unto his own and his own received him not. They crucified him. Now this is all pictured in a parable that the Lord Jesus gave in Matthew 21. We won't turn there. It's a parable of a householder who brought a place, put husbandmen or farmers onto the place to keep the place. And uh, it's a picture of Israel. God gave them, as we've said already today, the land, the place, the people, the, the kings and all the things he gave them, you know, a land flowing with milk and honey. And he sent down people, servants of the masters, the householder who owned it, to collect the Jews. And when he came to them, what did they do to these servants? What did these farmers, I'm sorry farmers, but (laughs) what did they do? They treated him shamefully. They beat him up. They sent more. They did the same. And that's exactly what Israel did to the servants of God sent from heaven to the people of Israel. Look at the prophets. Read, uh, read Hebrews 11 and see what they did to them. Shamefully treated. And, and the, the householder said, well, I'll send my only son. They'll reverence and respect my son. What did they do to him? Killed him. That's exactly. At their offense, their greatest offense is rejecting God, rejecting the Lord Jesus who came to them. And crying out his blood be on us and our children. So we go back to Hosea and keep reading in that verse. Till they, the Jews, acknowledge their offence. And uh, chiefest offence would be that they crucified the Lord. Rejected the Messiah. And they're going to acknowledge and they'll seek my face. In their affliction. So here <coughs> they'll... We see the purpose in they acknowledge their offense and their problem in their affliction or in their problems. Their problems is the affliction that comes upon them. (laughs) Have the Jews been afflicted? (laughs) Nobody, I think, in the world would not be able to give an answer. They'd all be able to say, ha, the Jews, pillar to post, country after country, have taken them in, They've risen in power and popularity and then cut, cut out from under them. The rug's been pulled from them in every country they go to. It hasn't here yet. It hasn't in America yet, but it's starting. It's starting over there, even there. The majority of Jews outside of Israel live in New York. And um, they're trying to pull the rug. Many in universities are lecturing against the Jew. They've got... Every university, secular university, has got groups that have gathered to fight and put down the Jewish nation. It, it, and <clears throat> affliction, affliction every, for thousands of years they've been afflicted. From 586 when Judah and Benjamin went into captivity under the Babylonian Nebuchadnezzar, <clears throat> they've been afflicted. And listen to this. I think there's a, there is an affliction that's greater than all the afflictions I've already suffered. How many died in the affliction in Europe just within the last hundred years? 
six million people. We've got the people that deny that happen now. It's trying to change history, and it's how can you even think of denying it when it's so obvious? Six million. Listen to what Jeremiah 30 and verse 7 says. Alas, <clears throat> for that day is great, so there is none like it. It shall. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. This is a time that's predicted upon Israel, a time of Jacob's trouble, representing all Israel. But he, Jacob, shall, and the Jew shall be saved out of it. It's called <clears throat> the time of Jacob's trouble. It hasn't happened yet. Lots has happened, but this hasn't happened. So their affliction is yet to come, the greatest affliction. Let's turn to Matthew 24 and read a little bit about that. <clears throat> we say it's in the formation stage now. <clears throat> Matthew 24 and verse 21. And 22 as well. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. See, it's saying this is, the, this is bigger than any battle ever had. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. Can man do that already? Yep. But God's going to be involved too. <laughs> but for the elect's sake... Those days shall be shortened. They're numbered in how long they ago. That's the shortening of the days. Not that the day would be less than 24 hours. But the days of this tribulation will be shortened. It's the time of Jacob's trouble. Matthew 24 is written to Jewish people. Don't try to throw it into the church and make it there. And 25, these, and the, the book of Matthew is the book of the king, the king of the Jews. And this is particularly, this is why Andrew prints Matthew up and sends it out all over Israel, because it has relevance to them there. And verse 29 of the same chapter, it reads this, <clears throat> Immediately after tribulation of those days shall the sun be dark and the moon shall not give its light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn when they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. So in the affliction, the affliction is the tribulation, time of Jacob's trouble, and Daniel 9 narrows it down to seven years. <clears throat> and you can read about it in Daniel 9, 24 to 27, and it all fits like this, <laughs> like a glove on your hand made for you only. So... <clears throat> Their priority now, we've seen their play, the person, the place, the people, the purpose, the problem, and now their priority. In verse 15, oh, <clears throat> turn from Matthew, turn to my place, seek my face, and they will seek me what? Early. <laughs> they will seek me early. They'll get the drift. They'll know where this is going. <clears throat> Early in that seven-year period, the time we, the track was sent out, the Holocaust, in that period of time of Jacob's trouble to bring the Jews back to himself, they will seek the Lord. It's to start with, like now, they'll still be re rebelling. There'll be 144,000 miraculously saved and testified, but the majority will rebel. 
And these 144,000 will preach to them and to the world. And by the middle of the tribulation, that seven-year period, there's a big turning in Israel. (laughs) They are realizing they're seeking him early. They will, oh no, what have we done? And in Revelation 12 and verse 5, we read, And she brought, Israel brought forth a man-child, the Lord Jesus, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. We know it's the Lord Jesus because of that phrase from Psalm 2.9. And her child, Jesus, was caught up unto God, that we've already talked about, to his throne. He returned to heaven because they rejected him. And the woman, Israel, fled into the wilderness where she had the place prepared by God that they should feed her there for how long? 1,203 score days. Three and a half years, that equals. If you turn over to verse 13 and 14 of Revelation 12, and when the dragon, the devil, saw that he, the Antichrist saw, no, this is the devil, saw that he was cast unto the earth in the preceding verses he persecuted the woman Israel whom brought forth a male child the Lord Jesus and to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time that's interesting the first one was 1260 days three and a half years time times and half a time how much is that three and a half years exactly the same And they are protected miraculously by God for the last half of that terrible time of torment and tribulation and affliction, the time of Jacob's trouble. They will be delivered. Two-thirds of them will die. Zechariah 13.8 tells us two-thirds of the Jews are yet to die. There's nine million there now. And if it's only those, it might be worldwide, there's, there's about 14 to 15 million. But if you take that... Two-thirds of, well, easy, nine. Two-thirds of nine million are six million. The Holocaust all over again, soon, soon, not far away. Then we read on, I must keep moving, back into the book of Hosea. Phrase by phrase, they will seek him early in that first half of the tribulation and turn to the Lord. They say, Let us return to the Lord. Notice their return to the Lord. (laughs) Praise God, they will return. In Zechariah 12.10, in the middle of that verse, he will pour upon, the Lord will pour upon them the spirit of grace and supplication, and they shall look upon me, the Jews will look upon me, the Lord Jesus, whom they have pierced. There's no mistaking who that is. And they shall mourn for him as one mourns for his only child or son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for the firstborn. Their return. They have never done this. They have never said this. And you say they never will. Yes, they will. The Bible says they will. They will turn and look at the Lord Jesus. He is our saviour. He was our Messiah. We did the wrong thing by crucifying him. They will say, let us return to the Lord. Never said it, they will soon. For he, back in the book of Hosea, it says, has torn and he will heal us. He has smitten and he will bind us up. Their realisation and their repentance is given in those two phrases. 
he will turn them back to himself. In Romans chapter 9 and verse 25, we read exactly what Hosea is talking about as Paul quotes it in Romans in the New Testament, 9.25. And he saith also in Hosea, I will call them my people who were not my people and her beloved who was not beloved. (laughs) Hosea's wife. Hosea called her beloved again after she'd done what she did. So will God with Israel. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, ye are not my people. I can pinpoint that and we can in Matthew 23 verse 39. Exactly where the Lord said, no, you've done the deed, you're going to kill me at that time. And they did. And where they were called not my people, there they shall be called the people of the living God. Isaiah also cried out concerning Israel, that the number be of the children be as a sand of the sea, yet a remnant, there will only be a few left after all this, shall be saved. The Lord will finish the work. In verse 29, <clears throat> Isaiah said before, except the Lord of the Sabbath had left us a sea, we had been as Sodom and been made like Gomorrah. If God had not intervened in the tribulation, in the time of their trouble, the time of Jacob's trouble, there would be none of them left. They would be completely obliterated and annihilated just like Hitler wanted to. Solve the solution. What was his solution? Kill them all. Annihilation. What do you call that? Genocide, yes. Your genocide. And if God hadn't intervened, they'd been like Sodom and Gomorrah, obliterated. What shall we say then that the Gentiles who follow not after righteousness, you can read the rest of Romans 9 there about that. So he is torn and he is torn for 2,500 years and he's going to heal them. He is smitten, he will bind them up. Let's go back to Hosea. The same verses that Paul spoke about in Romans are given in Hosea chapter 1 verse 10. The number of the children be as the sand of the sea, yet which cannot be measured nor numbered. It shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, talking about Israel, some Old Testament prophet, Paul quoted it, Ye are not my people, there shall it be said unto them, Ye are the sons of the living God. Exactly what Paul said. He was quoting this from Hosea. Chapter 2 and verse 23 of Hosea. Again, what Paul quoted, and also her unto me in the earth, and I'll have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy, and I will say to them, who were not my people, thou art my people. So he's rejected them. They've been dispersed, dispersed, and dispersed. But then they'll be brought back. Thou art my people, and they shall say, (laughs) Thou art my God. What a day that'll be and so torn and smitten back to Hosea chapter 5 well we're in chapter 6 now let's return to the Lord he is torn and he will heal us he is smitten and he will bind us up now we get to some interesting words (laughs) after two days he will revive us and the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight Two days for that to happen? Just one day? Just one day we're going to live in the sight of the Lord? They've been smitten for two days, according to these. Two days, after two days, he will revive us. After two days. 
In John chapter 12 and verse 40 we read, He hath blinded their eyes, he has hardened their hearts, that they should not see. Talking about Israel. That they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. That's what God has done to them. For 2,000 years since they rejected Jesus when he came, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts. (laughs) You try, you try to talk to a Jew. There's no mistaking if they're a religious Jew. I've seen them in Albury passing through. I don't know that any live here. I've never seen them. They haven't got a synagogue. Has anyone seen? No. They, They met my dad in Alexandra, a whole group of them. And, of course, Dad doesn't back down from a fight. I mean, from a debate, <laughs> like a fox terrier with Alsatians. <laughs> and there they were walking down that street of Alexandra, and <laughs> big grin on Dad's face. He walks up, and they're into it, all of them and him. <laughs> and they said, you're one of us. <laughs> he said, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not one of you. I'm a Christian. <laughs> I'm different. And you did become, you know, and, the, and so it ensued, you know. Because he's got a memory like an elephant and it just, the verses came out. And they were glad to talk to somebody that had such an interest and knew so much about them. If you see one, try to go and talk to them. Hopefully you've got a copy of Isaiah 53 in your pocket. (laughs) Or you've got it here and you can quote it to them. But see how hard-hearted, how blind, you you can show them, you know, one plus one. Mrs. Dunn equals two. <laughs> You're writing that on the board for years. <clears throat> it's obvious. <laughs> and you can say it to a Jew. It's obvious. <laughs> Look, you crucified him. It says in your Bible, Zechariah 12.10, that you would do this. Blind, blind. Can't see, can't see. Don't keep telling me that. <laughs> and Andrew's over there doing the same. Can't see, can't see. One day, Andrew... They will get it, the penny will drop, and they will believe as it is predicted here. So, two days, he's blinded their hearts. And Romans 11, verse 8 to 12, we haven't time, we're already running out, show the same thing. And then we go back to Hosea, and verse 2 again of chapter 6. He will revive us and raise us up. Their revival and their raising up. All the scriptures from the Old Testament into the New Testament and particularly Old Testament and almost all the prophets speak about this. But some people will not believe it. Some Christians will not believe it. That's like that Jew, spiritually blind. It's, it, it almost makes me weep at times when I think of folks that will not take this and just believe it. You can argue till you're blue in the face. It makes no difference. They've decided. You know what's sad about it? Who does this Bible represent? The Word was made flesh. To Jesus Christ. But they will twist the Lord, wrestle the Lord and His Word. And not believe it. I don't get it. I just don't get it. And they can be people in pulpits. People in 
Bible colleges around the world. They'll say, Jews done, finished. And it's not done, it's not finished. Look at, the, look at what we've just touched a few verses today. They will be revived. All scripture says it. Let's go back to the reading we had for this morning, Acts chapter 15 and verse 14. <clears throat> Peter said, Simon, Peter said, the God verse, first did visit the Gentiles, that's us. He's called the church out to take out a people. You're a people, folks. We're a people for his name. We're the bride of Christ. To this agree all the words of the prophets, just like I've said, as it is written. After that the Lord has got a people for his name, the church, I, the Lord Jesus, will return and build again the tabernacle of who? David, the nation of Israel, which has fallen down. It's nothing to do with the church. They're contrasted. They're actually contrasted here. The, the Gentile, the group, and another group. I'll return and build again the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down and will build again its ruins and will set it up. God's going to do it. <laughs> I, had it I had it here somewhere. Uh, that was for another time. We, ha we haven't got time to go there, but, you know, it is so true. The New Testament predicts, the Old Testament predicts that the prophets all say it, as the New Testament says the prophets said it. Now let's go a little bit more into Hosea 6 verse 2. After two days he will revive us. The third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. We Jews, nation of Israel, shall live in his, the Lord Jesus' sight. Is there anywhere in the Bible that says that will be so? Yes, there is, isn't there? <laughs> When the Lord Jesus was about to leave in Acts chapter 1, he's about to go back to heaven, as we've already read in Acts 1. They looked up and he was taken up. Just before that, listen to what the disciples said. They, they had kingdom, kingdom in their head and they couldn't get it out. He's going to establish his kingdom. He's going to throw the Romans out. In verse 6 of Acts 1, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time... Restore again the kingdom of, to Israel. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times and the seasons which the Father had put in his power. He avoided the question. <laughs> he didn't ask them. He said, Not now. And then he went straight on to say about the church, Ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And he talked about Pentecost that was going to happen. And you're going to go all over the world preaching the gospel. This is a complete new concept to them. They asked a question. He didn't answer it. He, as he didn't evade it. He just said, not for now. That's another day. He didn't say it's not going to happen. He didn't say, no, there's not going to be kingdom of Israel. He answered them by saying the church is going to start. <clears throat> Pretty obvious as you look at the scripture there. He's going to live in their sight. This is what we're looking at. We shall live in his sight. And as we go back to Hosea 6 verse 2, he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight the third day. Are you getting it yet? This is where the penny drops for us, I think. <laughs> the third day. When will Jesus establish the kingdom and how long will the kingdom last 
where he lives in their sight. Let's go to the book of Revelation. Of course it is. There in the Revelation 21 and verse 3. Notice what the Lord said there when it's all being wrapped up at the end. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God, the dwelling of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. That's God dwelling with man. When is it? Just go back to chapter 20 in verse 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, and, chapter, and verse 7. There's a period of time mentioned of how long this third day where God will dwell among them is. How long is it? Can you see a, a number that keeps coming up over and over and over again? I think it's seven times, maybe six. Anyone find it? A thousand years. A thousand years. That's called the millennium. <laughs> the millennium, the milli a thousand that Jesus will establish his kingdom on earth. The Jews will be back in his favour. They will live in his sight with any Gentile that's saved and survives the tribulation and all the saints who have new immortal bodies living and ruling and reigning with him according to the scriptures. He will live and reign with them a, th a thousand years. Wonderful promise. This is the glorious finish, by the way, <laughs> of how we started. Let's go back to Hosea and I want to ask you a question <laughs> because another question we can get from this how many days are they going to be scattered and dispersed all over the world what does it say in this, these verses two days well unless they had jet fighters they couldn't get there in two days and be scattered <laughs> it's not talking about two days if the third day is a thousand years how long are the other two ah you're passing you're starting to set dates <laughs> ah you know why I can't set a date and you can't set a date because we don't know when it started you see there was a, a Catholic priest monk something in, eight, in 1582 and I heard the SDA's quoting this the other day I, I, I shouldn't be quoting them all the time <laughs> They said, and it was a fact, that back there in history, someone said, we must get the date sorted out. I mean, that took 1,500 years to do it. What's wrong with man? But they said, from Christ, you know, AD, BC and AD. And they, they started doing it then. But he got his dates wrong. We're not really where we think we are. How do we know? Well, we go back to a man that was there when it happened. His name is Josephus, a Jewish historian who worked for the Romans. He awalled, I think you call it, he went with the enemy anyway. <clears throat> and he recorded it for us. He said that Herod the Great died in 4 BC in March. 4 BC. What did Herod the Great do when Jesus had been born in Bethlehem and the wise men come to him? And they didn't go back to him and tell him where the king was. Herod come into Bethlehem, Bethlehem Ephrata, and killed all the babies two years and under. So he'd get the Lord Jesus if he was one to two. 
Herod died for BC. Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> that doesn't figure, does it? See, our dates are out. We can't set a year or a day for the Lord's saying 2,000 years. And, and if it's just exactly 2,000 years, is another thing too. But we're in the ballpark. People have said, and what was his name? Archbishop Usher, that's his name, who's done all the history from in the Old Testament, came up with a figure at least 4 BC. He's revised that 5 BC because Herod died in 4 BC unless he killed the babies early or very late in his reign and he was a very sick man. He was a very angry man. He tried to suicide actually and the servants stopped him but eventually he succeeded because he's in so much pain. But he died. Any wonder for killing all those babies like he did. He was a brutal man. Anyway, <clears throat> that had to happen in 5 BC. So our dates are out by five years. And so if that's the case, we're um, five years, whatever. You know, you figured out, <laughs> I'm trying to preach here. Do the maths. But <clears throat> 2,000 years from that time, 5 BC, is 2,028 but I'm not saying it all is going to come then because we don't know exactly the year. <laughs> but this world is spiralling out of control. Is it not? I'm not being a doomsday person, but it is. <laughs> and uh, unsafe people are saying it. Moral age, down the vortex. Spiritually, churches everywhere apostatized, down the tube, down the plug. Morally, spiritually, I've got socially, it's falling apart. Militarily, I've heard one man say that there's going to be a war before the end of the year with China somewhere. It probably will be with Taiwan if it happens at all. Militarily, they're building up armaments everywhere, sophisticating them. Financially, we haven't seen it yet. We're just coasting along here. But one day soon, it's going to go, go bang. It can't, with all that they've done to our society and locking us down, it's going to fail fatally. I pray that the Lord delivers us from that. Politically, there needs to be a political leader and he will present himself when the church is gone. That will govern the world, Antichrist. Environmentally, if you believe in the environment environmentalists I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to destroy everything but there is a balance we have hope let's cl close by reading Psalm 2 <clears throat> Psalm 2 there is hope for the Christian everything's spiraling out of control and the Christian should be I am at peace <laughs> no problems young people don't get disappointed <laughs> If you're a Christian, you should be rejoicing in the Lord. We all should be. Why do the heathen rage and the peoples imagine a vain thing? The kings of earth to set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder. They're saying, let's throw God off. Let's believe in evolution. Let's believe, <coughs> let's be atheists and agnostics and cast away the cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh and shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure, great tribulation. 
Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. The Lord is king. (laughs) He's coming again to be king. I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. (laughs) The Lord Jesus. Ask of me, and I will give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. If only you could hear this this morning, (laughs) judges and kings. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are they that what? Put their trust in him. Have you put your trust in the Lord Jesus? He is the one that has the answer to all of earth's problems because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they who dwell in it. For he hath founded it upon the seas, established it upon the woods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He who hath clean hands and a pure heart. Put your trust in the Lord. How can you get a clean hands and a pure heart? By trusting the Lord Jesus by faith. And he cleanses you. And you don't lift up your soul unto vanity, Psalm 24. Okay? Until they're going to be tied in a knot and dispersed until they say, He is the Lord Jesus. And you and I will be in a mess financially, physically, everything other, otherwise until we say, He is the Lord Jesus. He is the Lord. He's in control. I trust him. I leave it to him to save my soul. If you are listening and unsaved, come to the Lord while it is still the day of salvation. There's four more untils and the next two are just as much material contained in their thoughts as this one. So come to him, trust him, believe on him. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the clearness, the clarity of it, speaking to Israel. This is for Israel, not us, but it involves us. And the the picture is there. We can stray from the Lord too. And the Lord can disperse us. The Lord can discipline us. But we can come back to the Lord as Israel will come back. And he is merciful and gracious and willing to forgive just as Hosea was his wife. And, and bring him back, bring them and he back to himself. And I pray, Lord, if there's this unsaved soul listening, that they might come to the Lord today. He's willing and drawing them with the cords of love, beseeching them to believe by faith and become a Christian. Bless us as we part and go our ways this day and come again this afternoon to the meeting. In Jesus' name, amen.